Hey, welcome everybody to The Deeper Dive. In The Deeper Dive, we go deeper into some aspect of the previous week's sermon or some aspect of some other topic. Hey, good to see you guys. We got a full house today. Christian, you're with us today, brother. Yeah, glad to be back again. Two okay, in a row. so you preached in? Pasco. Okay, Pasco. Pasco. Yep. And then we have our usual, our usual clientele of? Brooks and Prosser. I preached Prosser. Nice. Campus, yep. And Adam in Richland, all the day of you preached. In yes, Richland. indeed. All right. So, gentlemen, we've been in the book of Haggai. All right. We've uh, preached, uh, what, three messages there now. Uh, overall impressions of the book of Haggai. What do you think? We, I hasten to add, last week we did mention that, uh, Adam, you're the one that led us into this, this little book. Mm-hmm. It's just been a blessing. So how about for you two? How has it been for you, uh, preaching out of Haggai? Yeah, I'd say it, it has been super, super timely. I, I think that um, I was talking to someone in, in, in Pasco uh, this past week, and we were talking about how, especially when we think about the minor prophets, right? We kind of just quickly glance at it and we don't really dive deeper into it. So what I've enjoyed is obviously I, I believe that we want our people to be biblically literate. And part of it is to give, preach the whole counsel of God. And sometimes the, sometimes we fail to preach through the minor prophets because, oh, it's just like, they're minor for a reason. I don't know why they're, they call them minor prophets, right? And then there's major prophets. The like JV team. Varsity and JV, exactly. That's what <laughs> yeah. I was thinking. I was like, oh, there's the JV prophets, you know? But I don't know. I've, I've just really enjoyed uh, Haggai and just, it's super timely. Like they were struggling through priorities. And I think we still do that today uh, here in 20, 2022. Yeah. Scripture is timeless. Therefore, it's timely for us yeah. today. Uh, I, I, I personally enjoy it very much. I've enjoyed digging into the book of Haggai little little uh point of you know transparency here I have not studied in depth the book of Haggai before and uh Brooks nobody has yeah I know. Like there's, the there's, lot, there's a lot of books well there's a lot of books in the Bible that I probably haven't studied in, in depth right? <laughs> Haggai was the only one yeah it's it <laughs> 65 deep studies yep uh that was the only one I skipped in seminary was the, uh, was the book of Haggai yeah. but no this has made me do a like do a pause on it. Um, and I don't know if you guys f- feel this way. If you guys have this thought that goes through your mind, we can spend, we, we have the privilege and the blessing to uh, spend multiple hours a week churning mm-hmm. through scripture and churning mm-hmm. through this book. Uh, and then we get up on a Sunday and I, I don't know if, if, like I said, I don't know if you guys have this thought that goes through your minds or, but I, I try to say, okay, I have, studied this book and now I have to present it to people who let's just be honest uh, the average person in our church and it's of no fault of their own I'm not a, this isn't accusatory they they're like hag hag what yeah. and they they don't know where it is in, in scripture they they didn't spend hours churning through this book yeah. and studying it they don't know the context of it and and it is a I guess what I'm saying is man the the, the privilege Hmm. And the weight of responsibility that hmm. falls on the preacher to adequately present uh, the book of Haggai and the message of Haggai to our audience today, knowing that they probably, you know, the average person doesn't know the context of Haggai and doesn't know the ins and outs of it like right. like we have had the blessing. It's 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 a 
tricky thing to do. Yeah. Well, let, mm. let's go there for a second. Because this book takes place like around 500 years BC, right? Mm. Yeah, before right Christ, right? yeah. Yeah, so we're, mm-hmm. we're talking, we're talking 2,500 years ago. Mm-hmm. That is a long time ago. In our society, something that's like from a month ago is out of date. Mm. We, are, we are looking at a book, once again, that's talking about rebuilding a temple, uh, that along with the books of Ezra and Nehemiah. It, it is amazing. Why, why do you guys think we can have timeless lessons? I'll use your word, Brooks. Timeless lessons out of this book that was written thousands of years ago in, in a context that like is strange. Like we don't have mm-hmm. temples really anymore. I mean, we, I mean, we have churches and stuff, but why, why do we think that this message is timeless? I mean, that's a theological question. It's like, well, because God is the eternal God and relating to him looks different, right? As you look across history, but in, in many ways, it doesn't look any different. It's the same God um, who wants to be known and worshiped by his creation. And we are cut from the same cloth as Israel. Mm-hmm. We have maybe a different ethnic background, different culture, different all kinds of things, but we are we are all descended from Adam. <laughs> and so our both our strengths, but also our, our weaknesses and our our ability to kind of get off track and deprioritize God is something that you see in every generation. And so even though there are things you need to recontextualize and part of the the joy of doing and also the the pain of biblical exegesis is you have to figure out like how do you apply this hmm. to different areas and times, but the core of it, because it's God and because we are his people, just like Israel was, it's it's the same. <laughs> it's 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 uncanny how same and similar it is. Um, why why do you think the Lord was spends so much time talking about rebuilding a temple? Because we're talking about not only Haggai, but we're talking about Ezra and Nehemiah, correct? Mm-hmm. Why 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 is so much space? Even if they're okay, Christian. Even if they're minor prophets, mm-hmm. why is so much space given to to these endeavors? There there there, there must be a reason for this. I mean, you could argue that the Bible starts and ends with the temple. Uh, Genesis 1 doesn't use the word temple, but the structure of it, the way God designs the world is like this macro cosmic temple mm-hmm. where he dwells with his people. And then the end of Revelation is like this big worldwide human temple that God dwells in. It's like, it's the story that God is telling of, I want to dwell in and with my people. And so all throughout scriptures, the prophets, the prophets pick it up, but Jesus picks it up. I mean, Jesus comes and says, destroy this temple and I'll raise it up in three days because he, he is the temple. So it, it permeates the entire story of the mm-hmm. Bible and what God is desiring to do, which is not about a brick building, but it's about God dwelling with his people. It's, it's the, it is the promise and yeah. like the hope of our yeah. existence. <clears throat> I think that it, it points to a bigger story in, in all of scripture that God and we talked about this a couple of weeks ago in in Haggai the prophet. Uh, it says they obeyed the word of the Lord and and uh, by the mouth of the prophet, and it said that. And then Haggai spoke and said, uh, essentially, "Thus says the Lord, I am with you." Mm-hmm. Th- that is the that's the story or a, a, a one part of the story of all of Scripture. What does God do at the beginning of Genesis? He like you say, Adam. He builds. He he creates the world. And if you look through the creation account, it is it is like a temple, like God is. Yeah, building. exactly. Mm-hmm. So that what God can then walk with Adam in the mm-hmm. cool of the evening. Um, 
So even from the beginning, yep. God desired to have this creation, this crown of this creation in, in, in humans to be with them. Yeah. And I think this, this temple all the way up to the resurrection of Jesus, this temple needed to, there needed to be a place for God to dwell. Mm-hmm. Um, and now we are new Testament people. That temple looks a little bit different. That temple is now our bodies, uh, until, uh, new creation. Um, right. So, yeah. I mean, even, I would even say like Jesus as the temple is like the central figure. Like we get to be the temple built on Christ, like Peter talks about and Paul, but Jesus, mm-hmm. like the incarnation is the fulfillment of the mm-hmm. temple and his resurrection is like even the fullness of it. But that like, um, John says it like Jesus came and tabernacled among yes. us, right? Yeah, that's and then, one of my favorite observations. Yeah. Yeah. And then Matthew talks about like that that um, Emmanuel principle, like God with us. Like the incarnation is like the fullness of God in a fleshly way becoming, coming to be with us and to live with us. And now we're living. It's almost like the Old Testament lives. They're experiencing God in this way through a, like a physical temple, but they're moving towards God coming in the flesh and we're living on the other side, but we're experiencing the same reality just a little bit differently. Mm-hmm. It's like the same focus though. It's always it's always God and it's always relating to him and, and living with him. But now, like you said, like he comes and dwells in us in a way mm-hmm. that Israel didn't experience yeah. the same way. You get this really, when you're talking at him, it just made me think of this. You get this really high concept, right? Mm-hmm. Just unbelievable concept of what you guys are talking about of God coming to, wanting to live with us. And yet in this second chapter of Haggai, <laughs> it's like, what are they doing right here? They're probably, in this last month, they've been clearing out rubble. Yeah, They're like moving mm-hmm. stones. Mm-hmm. It's it's sweaty, grinding. Uh, not, it's, not, it's not sexy work, right? This is mm-hmm. manual labor. And yet this is a part of this very thing that we're talking about. Us, us having a part, a very earthly part in this heavenly endeavor of heaven coming down to earth mm-hmm. in this temple. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So one of the, um, going back to this kind of this timeless thing of this message being a timeless message and stuff. Well, here is a, one of, here is a timeless struggle. At least I think this is a timeless struggle. So these guys are building this temple. And at one point, once they get her going, it becomes pretty obvious that this temple is not it's not near what the Solomonic temple was, the temple that Solomon built. Mm-hmm. And so there's like this looking back at the past. Apparently, some of the people were still alive when that temple mm-hmm. was there, right? So as they look back, they're like, these people were like, whoa, oh my gosh, man, we remember the old temple. That that temple was awesome. <laughs> this one is just, it's not as big, it's not as cool, and it's sort of about half bummed, right? Mm-hmm. So they were kind of stuck in the past. Do you guys see that as a timeless struggle where people can actually, I mean, is this... Once again, this book that was written 2,500 years ago, is this, is, this, is this a great lesson for us? Is this something for us to take note of, that we also can be stuck in the past, and especially of maybe of what God has done in our lives in the past, and then kind of compare it with the future? Yeah, I, I definitely see that. And I think when I think about the past and then present and future, I think about, and this is me personally, is, you know, people don't like change. I don't. I don't like change, you know? So I I think sometimes it's very easy to, when we see something new and we've seen this across churches in America uh, with the results of COVID um, where we see 
we see new faces, we, 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 we see new challenges, we see people that have left. And it's very easy to go back and look and say, man, I remember seeing all of this because, because change, yeah, because change is hard and change is hard for us as Christians as well. So I, I think it's very easy to, to, to look back and see, man, I wish things were, were different. I wish things were, were like they were in the past, but I, I think we have to remind ourselves. And even, even Haggai says this, it says the final glory of this house will be greater than the first. Mm-hmm. And that is, and when I see that, I'm like, okay, yeah, that's, it's written there, but it's like, man, especially as a guy that doesn't like change, I'm like, man, what's that going to look like? Mm-hmm. You know, well, the Lord is, is, I understand that the Lord is, is faithful and true to his promises, but man, it's like, am I ready for that? Hmm. I think, Christian, you keep saying people don't like change. <clears throat> mm-hmm. I think there's some people that are okay with change. Mm-hmm. I think, th- I think a lot of times people don't like change that they, that they're not in control of. Hmm. Yeah. Good right? point. Mm-hmm. Um, in years ago, there was a church in our, in my area on, on the West side, they changed their, they, they dropped the name, they, they changed the name of their church. Mm. Uh, and they were such and such Baptist church mm. and they dropped the name Baptist from the church. I think Bethel did. It was Bethel it used mm. to be called Bethel Baptist. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. right. So Bethel, they dropped the name Baptist and, and this church did the same thing. <clears throat> they dropped the name mm. Baptist. Well, some people left the church because the, Baptist, they dropped the name Baptist somehow, for whatever reason. And it's interesting. They went, they would go to different churches and, and several of them went to the church that I was working at at the time, which was a church plant of that, their previous church <laughs> and very similar DNA, very similar preaching structure. Yeah. And we didn't have the name Baptist in our name. It was. It wasn't that like. Oh, you guys are. You don't like change. It's. Just, I thought this is. This is my commentary on it. You don't like change. You can't control. Um. You wanted mm. things the way that you wanted things. Mm. Uh. You wanted. You wanted things comfortable. You wanted things that known, familiar, and when things started becoming unfamiliar, well, you're going to take control of that change and you're going to go someplace else. I, I think that can be a larger commentary on on how. I think maybe these Israelites were 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 treating this like. Oh man. I don't want to rebuild something different. I want what we had. I want what was, I want what was familiar, comfortable, yeah. controlled. Uh, and, you know, fast forward today, that, uh, like you asked Dawson, I, I would say that is 100% still the case. People want to, I think people want control more mm-hmm. than more than maybe anything. It's sure. or what is comfortable. They yeah. want what is comfortable uh, so they can. Just familiar. Yeah, right? familiar. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, a, that's another mm-hmm. good, good word. Um, yeah. You know, one of the, I, I know I sound like an old guy saying this, but I think almost the older you get, when you think back on the past, it's like it becomes better and better. Like the good old days. You look back on your own athletic career. Okay, maybe this is autobiographical. And I was so awesome back then, you know. And uh, you to throw a pigskin a quarter mile, huh? Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> if only, yeah, exactly. If only the coach would have put me in. Fourth quarter you know? run state. Right. <laughs> you look back and, you know, children were better. Communities were better. Mm, Churches yeah, yeah. were better. Athletic accomplishments were better. Yep. Politics was better. And and sometimes I wonder, is really like was it really better back then, or is that a perception that we have? You I, know, something. I think it's some totally trick of the perception. mind. That, yeah. You know that 
uh, presidential approval ratings go up after presidents leave office. Hmm. Like if, if they're going to go hmm. to look back at that uh, presidential approval ratings, like did, would you rather have the president now or the president, whatever, eight years ago, 12 years ago, people say they would rather have that president in the past. <clears throat> wow. um, and I think that's part of it, Dave, looking back, the past has this glimmer uh, for me, man, man, you could get all psychological on that about why it, yeah. that's the case, but it's a human tendency. And of course, what's deadly, and this was what's happening in Haggai, is it that perception of the past can cause you to not engage in your present work, mm-hmm. to just mm-hmm. give Good yourself point. to that work and just go for it and see it's see it's um, see how awesome it is. Oh, I, I was just looking at you because I one of the reasons I was really excited for you to preach this passage is um, I'm, I'm definitely not wanting to call you old, Dave, but. <laughs> When I read Haggai but, 2, like, but, wait for it. <laughs> he had that pause right there. He's no, like, no, no, no. Like, I'm going somewhere. Like, so Haggai 2, I think a good background read is like Ezra 3, where they're building the foundation of the temple, and it says the people shouted with joy. But the priests who had seen the former glory, yeah. um, they were there before exile, they wept loudly. Maybe some of those people are weeping in joy. Some of them are weeping because they're, 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 they're in pain over what was and is no longer. Mm. So I think of you not as this old, like this old priest, but you've been at Bethel a long time. Right. And yeah. Bethel has had, you know, so many, I just met a couple two Sundays ago that have been here for 47 years. Mm. Like wow. They said they're the oldest or the longest standing members of Bethel. And mm. I was just amazed. I was like, man, what, what has kept you here with all the change? And for you, I know it hasn't been 47 years, but you have seen Bethel over decades. Mm. You've seen God's glory show up and transform lives and amazing things that have happened at Bethel. Bethel has had, you know, the mountaintop experiences and valleys, like every church, right? And for you, when I watch you do ministry, Dave, like you, maybe it's just part of your personality and like you're bent, but it seems to me like at least in the way you do ministry and you talk about the kingdom and you work at Bethel, like you're always, there's like a joy and a spark of what's coming. Mm. Um, And I never get a sense from you that you look down on the past, like you you look back at the days at Bethel and you're like, man, God was doing this and he was doing that. But I haven't experienced you get stuck and be like, man, I'm just, I'm just not happy with where things are going. You're always just like, what's next? Like how hmm. you model to me exactly what Haggai says here. How, how do you do that? Like, what has that been like for you? And like, what, yeah. what, how does this passage speak to you as someone that's been here for so long? Yeah. Hmm. Well, well, first of all, thank you for saying that. <laughs> yeah. I, I think part of it is like I'm sitting here with you three guys, Adam Brooks and Christian. And I'm looking at you guys and I know I'm like, like I'm Adam, I think I'm double your age, right? <laughs> so it's kind of embarrassing to admit. <laughs> thank God we're it's, we're not on video yet. Um but I just look at you three guys and I'm just like, how can I not be excited about where we're at? Hmm. Right. In such a time as this. Right, um, there's a lot of things we just cannot change. You you cannot change um, certain circumstances. You're, you're, those those are the cards you're dealt. How you respond to them in the moment is that's always on you. Mm-hmm. It's it's up to you, man. And if you want to live in the past, I guess you can do it. Or or do you you know what you could, it could be the it could be the opposite. You can live in the future. You're always just sitting around waiting for you know better days are ahead. So I'm just gonna wait. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's better to live in the present, reflecting on the past. And that, but that's what we're doing in Haggai. Mm-hmm. Look at this. We're reflecting on 2,500 years ago. Mm-hmm. But why? So that we know how to respond today to our current circumstances. 
And I think that is the power of the word, mm-hmm. yeah. right? And I do, I, I want to be, man, I want to be caught up in the moment in what the Lord is doing right now. That's so, I don't know, like, is that a selfish thing? I don't know, but I just, mm-hmm. I want to be a part of what he's doing now. Yeah. I don't want to, I don't want to live in a perceived glorious past. Um, I, I would rather be in a glorious present, you know, no matter how tough it is, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And, I, and once again, part of, a, a good part of it is just the people you're around. Right, because the Lord doesn't change, right? He and and even at Bethel, He continues to give us good people. And you know, like we announced here just uh, two weeks ago that James Fairfield is going to be mm-hmm. coming back to Bethel. That guy's a stud. He was he was a great youth pastor, and now we got a guy coming back who's going to be even better because the Lord the Lord has done a great a great work in him in the mm-hmm. last couple of years. So. I don't know if that really answers. No, that's question, a good but. question. So, what about when the people you work with aren't great? Like, what happens when the three of us are kind of annoying you, and you're you're maybe you're <laughs> you not do seeing... annoy me. I didn't say you didn't annoy me, <laughs> but you're you're not seeing maybe the fruit or all the stuff that you want to see. Like, what keeps you from getting stuck in the past? And like, what what is there something bigger than us and something bigger than Bethel mm-hmm. that keeps you pushing to the future? Yeah. Mm. Okay, so I'd say two things. One is like, okay, can I bounce back to you guys? So what I think part of it is what I see in you guys is potential. Like I, I see what you can be. Uh, at the gym I go to, we've got some evangelistic Bible studies going on. And there's, there's a girl there that's, I won't say her name, but like she's, like, she's kind of like my daughter. Like I don't have a daughter. I never had girls. So I just, I just, I just really care about this kid. I, I helped her mom come to Christ, and now I'm helping her come to Christ. And I look at her, and believe me, she's not there yet, <laughs> you know. But I look at her, and man, I can just see like this godly woman in her, hmm. right? Now she's struggling right now. There's no, there's no doubt about it. But I just can't help but see what Christ can do in her. And every once in a while, I just get these glimpses of the, jo- of the joy of the Lord that she needs more and more of. But I see that joy of the Lord coming out, and I'm like, dude, that's. That's what I'm talking about. That's what I want to see in you like all the time. Mm. So I think that's the first answer, seeing potential in people, not just seeing their current annoyingness because we're all annoying, but seeing what they can become. Mm. And Mm. I I think the other thing is having faith in this future that we're headed toward. Mm. You know, because even in Haggai, it talks about um, there's a shaking going on and that's terrifying. You know, if you've been in an earthquake, it's terrifying. And when the Lord is shaking up your church and you're losing people or shaking up your life and you're losing finances or you, you know, you've lost your, your wife, your husband, your, your son, daughter, whatever, those are terrifying things. Mm. But the Lord is shaking that up. And part of the reason he's shaking it up is because that which is permanent and eternal will stay. Mm. A lot of other stuff's going to fall off. You know, our love for money, ah, you know what, dude, that's going to fall off because soon when we're with the Lord, we're not going to need money, money anymore. That's so don't don't make that. That's not a permanent thing. So I think looking toward that future, and pardon me for rambling on. No, you're, but, that's good. Uh, I told you the other day, Adam um, came in here, and I think it was Sunday morning, and and I just just the night before, I was just like, ah, I just wasn't feeling it. So I just did. I read the Book of Revelation just very quickly, right. Just I didn't dwell on each word. I just did this flyover. But when I read that book, and I started looking at heaven, mm-hmm. and the lamb up there, I was like, holy smokes, look at that. Mm-hmm. That is a beauty. And that's where we're going. 
right? Mm. And I just, I just want more people to go with us. Mm. And I want yeah. us to be there. I want us to arrive and do well. Mm. That's good, Dave. Yeah. Thank well, you for sharing that. Yeah. I mean, that's, I think that's the heart here is like, no matter when Israel finds himself, if they're with the God of glory, the future is always better <laughs> as you're moving a long time with God. It doesn't have anything to do with them. It doesn't have anything to do with Bethel now compared to the past. Like when we follow Christ and his glory, the lamb, Yeah. like we're moving closer to the new creation. And yeah. so we're tasting glory in, in a new way. So that's I, it. Thank you, Dave. Yeah. Well, okay. I hate to say, uh, I hate to say this, but like, shall we end with my words here? <laughs> my, little, my little preach here. But I think uh, that is kind of coming up at the end, end, of my, end of our time here. So, hey, here we are here. I'm like pouring out my heart to you guys. Like, I want to keep doing this thing together. Well, well I want to say something. <clears throat> I don't yeah. know how many times I'll, I'll kind of say this to Christian and Adam here. I can't remember how many times I have heard uh, Dawson say something along the lines of the the best days for Bethel are still ahead. You ever, have you heard Dawson say that? Mm-hmm. Um, so, and, and I would, I would echo that, man. And that is what Haggai was telling the Israelites mm-hmm. that, Hey, the best days are still ahead. The future glory is, is greater than the former glory. Um, mm-hmm. And that's not because Bethel is great. It's mm-hmm. not because we have slick programs and cool podcast. It's because that's what, God's kingdom mm-hmm. is the future glory with Jesus is is always better than the former your former life. So um, yeah. those are true words, Dawson. I would say, mm-hmm. don't ever be ashamed of of preaching that loudly. Well, guys, thank you very much. You guys kind of turned those on me once again. But this has been the deeper dive. This is a ministry of Bethel Church. We have three campuses: one in Prosser, one in Pasco, and one in Richland. If you want to get under our website, you can go to Bethel.ch and you can you can see a host of ways you can be involved, check out our church, and you can subscribe to this podcast and to our daily podcast, which is called Anchor Daily. Thank you. Thank you.